We make a good team. We have no <laughs> idea what's coming next. Exactly. <laughs> you know, those podcasts where it sounds like they're reading off of a script. We are not one of those podcasts. We no. are 100% do it while it happens. We're freestyle, baby. Um, so, dude. Okay, so here's my story. And this kind of kicks off today's topic. But uh, right after Sherwood stopped touring full time, I got hired to film a Disney wedding in Orlando. They basically make all these girls' fairy tales come true. So we show up. There's the carriage, the pumpkin carriage. Oh, no. Pumper, whatever they call them. Dudes with, like, the vests. And then, like, there's the whole getup. It's at Orlando Disneyland. (laughs) And everything is Disney-themed. So it's an actual wedding chapel on the water. They escort and drive the bride in. And everyone's just like, and the whole time I'm filming this thing going, you got to be kidding me. Like, this can't be really happening what right is, now. What is wrong with that? Like, what makes you feel icky inside when you experience that? So, I'm filming this wedding. I'm in the middle of, like, roaming around the ceremony. And about halfway through, like, every wedding, they go to get the ring from the, the groom's, you know, best man or whatever. So, the, mm. the best man kind of goes like, oh, I don't have the ring. And everyone's like, oh, what's going on? And then suddenly... The, like, (laughs) Disney crew, like, the king's men come marching in and deliver the ring to the bride. And I'm telling you, it was so cheesy. Okay, so what's wrong with that? Like, she always wanted a Disney wedding. Like, she (sighs) saw as a a kid growing up. This is me playing devil's advocate. I think it's stupid. But, but, like, (laughs) she saw it as a kid growing up. She goes, I want that one day. And here comes the man of her dreams to give it to her. What's what's wrong with that? Everybody can have their own fantasy reenacted. You know, they're into cosplay. They're into I don't know weird stuff. That's cool. Well, I guess. they're probably both heavily drinking <laughs> and divorced already. So well, that's, that's what I was gonna say. I was like, I wonder if there's a stat of like how many people get that Disney wedding and end up divorced shortly after. It has to be close to a Vegas wedding. I the mean. Stat. <laughs> It has to be. It has to be close to that. Like, if Elvis marries you or if, like, a Disney character marries you, it's got to be fairly similar, the chances of survival of your marriage. Well, Elvis had a gospel record, and he had some soul, so I think, Elvis, you have a better shot. Yeah. um, (laughs) But seriously, though, dude, so halfway through the way, actually, when they started dancing, Mickey and Minnie come in and dance with the bride and groom at the end. Oh, man. I walked over to the the drink counter and I said, "Can I have a drink?" And the guy's like, "Aren't you working the wedding?" And I said, "It doesn't matter. <laughs> I'll probably do a better job at this point." And the guy's like, "Sorry, bro, can't give you a drink." <laughs> oh, if you're working, you can't. They can't give it to you. No, like, like under I Disney. I didn't know we were hired by. I think. Disney viewed us like we were employees of them. Oh, right. So it'll look bad on them if you got drunk and like tripped over a chair. It would, they'd yeah, be like, I thought, my Disney wedding's ruined. I thought I was just hired through my buddy who was hired by them. But no, no. You, have be, you have to be contracted through Disney, which is how Disney does everything. I mean, it's a lot of rules. I mean, you've, you've played the, the House of Blues at uh, downtown Disney in, uh, where is it, Anaheim? Yeah. Or Orlando. Yeah, I, I played at that one too. But like anytime you go to downtown Disney... The security is insane. Like it the is. the protocol and like the seriousness of everything, and they search you, and it's like, it's like it's easier to travel to like a war torn country than it is to get into <laughs> like the backstage of the House of Blues at Disney. 
Yeah, it is. It is. It's crazy. Everything's super corporate. Everything's unionized. And well, and maybe that's what we don't like about Disney. I don't know. If it's like, if it's something, it's it's something about like the fact that this it has this childlike fantasy, innocent, you know, imaginary face. And then behind it, you lurking, not far behind it, you know that's just money and stacks on stacks of like legal, you know, lawsuits and legal bills and you know all this kind of this kind of very adult stuff. And like, <laughs> it ruins like once you know that that's there, it's kind of like oh, you know, Mickey's not just this innocent. Mickey has a has a pension and a paycheck, and sometimes Mickey's mad and. Sometimes Mickey does MDMA and trips out and loses his job, and then there's another Mickey. <laughs> to end my story, I remember I was sitting there very soberly watching the groom dancing, thinking to myself, this guy, this groom right now is probably thinking, what did I get myself into as he's awkwardly dancing with Minnie Mouse on his wedding day? <laughs> Hi, I'm Matt. And I'm Nate. And we want to welcome you to Don't Feed the Trolls. A podcast where we discuss trending topics, art, and culture. Through the lens of our experiences touring the world and creating art vocationally. We hope to bring topics out of the minefield of the comments sections. And into the sphere of reasonable dialogue. Thank you for listening. Well, welcome to Don't Feed the Trolls, where we vent but don't get bent. That's right. And this week, we're talking about Disneyland. That's Um, right. (laughs) But first... Matt, I want you to read this email because I just think you need to uh, further confirm what you don't think is true. <laughs> we get yet another Bigfoot email. Uh, it just never stops. The Bigfoot, the Bigfoot train. You guys love Bigfoot. Um, so, anyways, this is from uh, Jason from Not Your Pastors podcast. He says. My parents found a trailer to live in for cheap, with the nearest neighbor being a farmer two miles down the road. Uh, That far out in the country, you don't have trash service, so when the trash got full, my dad would take it into the woods by a creek where he had a barrel set up to burn it. One night, he's taking the trash out, and he says he had that feeling that he was being watched. He loads the trash into the barrel, and he said he starts smelling this terrible smell. Not the trash but like an animal. He said right as he lit the match, a very large animal jumped back like it was startled. In the commotion, my dad caught a glimpse of it from the corner of his eye. He said whatever it was, it was definitely not a bear. As he was running away, the creature grabbed his shirt and tore it. Man, that's awesome. (laughs) You love it. Oh, dude. So, yeah, they say the Bigfoots have these glands and they let out a big stink. That's just a primate thing. So... When like they a get, snake, like when you catch a snake. Yeah, so this is more of a territorial thing. Like hmm. they let out their, they throw rocks at you, and then they uh, let out the stink. So they, right. the ones in Florida, they actually call them the skunk apes because they smell so bad. Mm. Yeah, if they existed, that that would be true. But anyway, uh, <laughs> we're gonna bring we're gonna bring this guy on the podcast, and we're gonna talk about it. Yeah, I would love to talk about the uh, the branch that ripped his uh, shirt as he ran away from the non-existent Bigfoot. <laughs> Shut up. <laughs> So we have some patrons, and uh, we've been recording in an odd schedule. So, uh, hey, we're just going to read all the latest uh, podcast su- supporters. So uh, maybe we read your name already, but hey, bonus. Bonus. Double double, double for one. 
Two for one. Yeah. And uh, I think we can read these. These are actually sort of normal. Andrew Beckman, Matthew Blades, Phil Advance, Joshua Hartzell, Sean Davis, and Josh Devillier. Devillier. We've already, I think we've already butchered his name. And we'll do it again until until we get him on because I think he's, I think we're going to try to get him on the podcast. Yeah, we he's should, our biggest pledge yet, right? We should probably call him right now and get him on. Hey, man. Get on the show. He's home from work. But uh, yeah, he's coming on a future show. He's our biggest uh, supporter on Patreon so far. And uh, thanks, man. Love it. Yeah, thanks, Josh. But uh, today we're talking Disneyland. Oh, you be a feisty one, you be. <laughs> you and I are parents. We are. My son's two years old. And he's already all about the Mickey Mouse. But he calls it Mick Mouse. Yeah, Mick Mouse. That's how that's how Piper used to say Mick Mouse. Mick Mouse. <laughs> but how did this happen so fast? He doesn't watch that much TV. He has lots of toys. He's got Ninja Turtles and all right. kinds of other stuff. But Mickey stands out. Right. And uh, yeah, but I think about myself and I think I remember in junior high, dude. I knew every single word to Aladdin. Right, the movie. I loved Donald Duck as a kid, but I right. knew... I mean, junior high, so that's that's pushing it. That's kind of a little bit older. I think we're right. 13, sure. 14, 13. Yeah, fair enough. And that was... Uh, and then, then, then we were all shocked when uh, the preacher in Little Mermaid was a little bit too excited about performing Ariel's nuptials. You know, did you see the one in uh, Lion King? Because I, I, I never really got like a VCR until right around Lion King. Oh, they out. said it's spelled... Yeah, yeah, like when Rafiki blows the stuff off the thing and then it takes it up into the wind... I remember I could yeah. pause my VCR and it said, sex. Ooh. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> and I was like, oh, that's so perverted. <laughs> I know. It's like it wasn't this big, big deal now, but it, back then it was like the biggest deal ever. But sure. You know, what's funny is actually maybe we could talk about this on the podcast. I don't know how much my friend uh, will want to talk about this or how much if she'll get in trouble or whatever, because we have right. to kind of keep it, I think, a little bit neutral because that's how big Disney is. They got their <laughs> hooks into you. But non disclosures. I did actually take a math class in college with someone who quit Nickelodeon, right? In animation Studios. Did I talk about this on the podcast? No. You, were, we're, you know, we have so many podcasts now. I can't remember what we talk about. But um, she's like, I was one of the only girls in the whole animation studio, and it is full of nerdy dudes who never had dates in high school. Right. So they are always trying to one up each other with these sexual innuendos. Well, absolutely. And their little inside joke is really fun for them. I mean, they're probably overworked and underpaid and undervalued, you know, uh, pushed around by yeah. bullies in high school only to move on to be pushed around by the bullies in business. And it's all about deadlines and whatever. And if I was them, I would start slipping stuff into these movies, too, because it would make me feel... It's like I got like I got a dig in on them. Yeah, know? yeah. I mean, it, it's kind of like Fight Club, you know, when they're messing with people's food. Yeah, waiters. but I mean, you're slipping in dirty jokes into kids' movies, so it's getting a little <laughs> bit. I don't know. Sex That's is not... not dirty. They're just trying to educate yeah. the kids, you know. They yeah, knew the I'd, kids weren't getting educated. That big old ding dong on the front cover <laughs> of Little Mermaid. That I don't one. Know. That's... That one was was pretty uh yeah that was pretty out there so uh i have a friend actually who was the ambassador of disneyland her name's liz hetzel and she was basically like once walt passed away they hired someone for a year to be walt and go around the world and speak on behalf of disneyland wow so i figured hey you and i are probably in agreement that we think this is a big bad corporation <laughs> but I wouldn't say, ex I wouldn't just go out and say that. I just know that 
there's two sides to every beautiful fantasy that my child believes in. <laughs> That's true. That's true. And you have girls, so you have it even more difficult because all the princess stuff. Sure. And uh, I might be able to avoid some of that just out of right out of the fact that maybe a baseball or a football will be more enticing soon. Right, so right. there's lots of critiques. It's unrealistic, re- reinforcing gender, old gender roles, right. sexism, merchandise, death of parent figures. The 360 marketing is what really bums Christy out because she's like... What does that mean? Well, it's just like everything has... Like if Prey sees a toy, she goes, I haven't seen this show. And it's like, well, that toy never had a show. It was just a toy. Oh. Um, it, like it's, but with Disney, it's everything. You get the toys. You get the coloring book. You get to go see them skate around on the ice rink. You go to Disneyland. You go see the movie. You get the TV show. It's like total 360 everything. And then it basically becomes, that brand becomes a part of your kid's daily life. And if you've been to Disneyland, you know that Mr. Toad's wild ride ends in hell. Actual <laughs> hell. So, let's bring on someone who has a different opinion about Disneyland. Liz Hetzel is texting me now. She's ready. All right. Let's get her on the show. Let's call her up. Are you recording on your end, Liz, or do you need us to record you? I'm not recording. Okay. Was I told I had to do, do I have to do that? No, you don't have to, but like it's easy if you want to open up QuickTime and start a recording. I heard you that can, but you don't Disney employees to. are just always recorded by <laughs> ghost. There's always a camera at all times. Welcome to the podcast, Liz Hetzel, uh, Disneyland um, megastar. You've done pretty much every job at Disneyland from what I remember. All of them. And <laughs> you taught me how to edit video back in the day, too. Wow. It's a good thing I did that. Did you do the corn dogs? Did you dip the corn dogs? I never dipped the mm, corn dogs. Those dog. are the best corn dogs. <sighs> it's true, they are. So... So how we got to this position was Matt and I are both parents and we're finding that Disneyland has got its hooks into our our pocketbooks and our kids' minds. And uh, we thought, we don't really probably have anything positive to say about Disneyland, but maybe you do and you could (laughs) offer the other side, which is what our podcast is all about. I do love the Disneyland, so it's a good thing you have me. How'd you get your gig at Disneyland? Uh, Back in college, I wanted a college job and my brother was working at Disneyland and he said, hey, they have a dance audition and you could definitely do it. And I thought, well, okay. And so I did. (laughs) So I started working on Fantasmic. That was my first show. And then I was just in the parades and shows ever since then. And you and then at some point you were an ambassador to Disneyland? Like, yeah, that's true. So in 2008, I was the Disneyland ambassador. So we just but like you go up, you you're in the parades, and then they say, "Hey, we we have this. We're hiring for this position," and you go, "I could probably do that." Yeah. Well, I was yeah, I was in the parades and entertainment, and then um, uh, I found out about this job, and you have to do all this crazy stuff. You have to do a bunch of like you have to know everything about the resort and everything about the company, and then you do a bunch of interviews, your final interviews, like with the president of the Disneyland Resort and his wow. team, and then you get selected, and it's you and one other person. It's wow. sort of the face of Disney for a year. What do you think about Disneyland as a whole now that you've seen the inside and the outside? And 
Um, give us give us the inside scoop. What do you think about Disneyland? Well, I mean, the good news is is whether it's just because I've been working there for so long or whether it's because it's really true, I honestly love Disneyland, and I think that they really do great things for families and for kids, and so I'm totally... I'm the girl who's like walking down Main Street, like look at the little girls with dresses and the, oh, yeah. the steam train, and I just love it all. So Nate and I have two different experiences. Nate has two boys. My my girls are a little bit older. Um, I have two girls, and so like I, you know, as a dad or as parents, you know, you start out and you're like, I'm not, I don't know, I don't know if I wanted them to do the princess thing. You know, it seems like a little bit too obsessive, and I want them to be independent and not like need a prince charming to come sweep them off their feet or anything. You know, like I want them to be strong, independent women, whatever. And then like, you know, they go to their friend's house and they got these dresses and they put them on and they're so happy. And you're like, dang it. I can't, you can't escape it. It's so ubiquitous. It's everywhere. You go to this toy store. It's there. You get a happy meal. It's there. You go, you know, you turn on Netflix. It's there. You go to the movie theater. It's there. And you go to any kid's house. It's there. It's just everywhere. And like, it's, it's almost like they don't have a choice. And I was telling Nate, this is really the only reason why this has happened because Disney is really really good at it (laughs) like they're just the best at it and that we should probably applaud or they're the fruits of the devil (laughs) really quickly though I mean Disney has done a really good job recently with having princesses that don't need to be rescued that aren't like and they're not independent, you know, they're independent on their own, you know, right. I think that there's a lot now that kids can look up to that you want your little girls to see and be right. excited I about. That, I will say that about Frozen. I was really happy with the storyline. Yeah. Anna wants to marry this guy that she just met. And it. She's. they're like, no, you can't just marry a guy you just met. And like, <laughs> right. it's like a big slap on the, oh, yeah, of course. Yes. That is reasonable. But in previous, you know. I, I guess we can say generations past at Disneyland move, or Disney movies, it's been very true that you just meet a guy and you just marry him. Yeah. Like and you have no idea one of who this person is. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. Or like Cinderella, which I think is a garbage story. Oh. Which is really funny because I am like, well, with Cinderella, she is like this person who is works really hard and like is nice to everyone, even though she isn't nice to like these are the qualities that I want in, in a person. That right, I kindness, I guess. Yeah. And then you go to Elsa, and she's like, she's mean. Oh yeah, she just like tells the whole world, "I'm leaving yeah. you. I don't care about any of you. Yeah. And I'm gonna do whatever I want." Go away, like, Anna. Sawyer's two, and he's already like Mickey Mouse, Mickey Mouse, Mickey Mouse, and I'm just yeah, like that is. Some sort of marketing genius. Because, you know, Mickey isn't even in a ton of things. I mean, I guess he's on the Disney Channel, but, you know. He's non-threatening, so he's not, like, scary. Yeah. And he's got big eyes, which they say big eyes historically. The bigger the eyes, the better the the love. But, okay, so Sawyer (laughs) has, like, Paw Patrol. He's got Ninja Turtles. He's got, um, he's even got the Minions. Is that Disney? The Minions? Mm -mm, Universal. Okay, so he knows all these different characters, but he just he he brings his Mickey to bed. He wants his Mickey Mouse pajamas, <laughs> and that's I'm like, why Disney's number one, Nate. Mickey. Uh, it started with Mickey. It ends with Mickey. There's something well, I mean, about that little mouse that people love. Help us understand what it is that you see about this corporation that we don't see. I guess I would really have to hear like what you're unhappy about because it seems like uh, pretty amazing in general to me. Like I feel like we have good programming. I feel like movies are entertaining and well done. Our storytelling is 
awesome. You go to the parks, you get the best theming and the best rides. So, like, what is it you aren't excited about? I don't know. Mr. Toad's Wild Ride ends in hell. So <laughs> that is true. That is true. Well, I think I, I think when you get older, and if you're a skeptic like Nate or Nate and I, Nate believes in um, every conspiracy under the, s- the sun. So if there's bad, he believes evil people are behind everything pulling strings. No, I don't. I just think money is power, and power consolidates, and consolidated power takes right. over. It ruins it to know, like as an adult, that behind those people in suits are. <laughs> are guys in suits who uh, are, are filing lawsuits, you know, <laughs> like uh, against people or fielding lawsuits. And there's all this sort of corporate stuff going on. And I guess Nate and I were both in like, you know, quasi punk, uh, punk rock bands. And so there's like, I think there's just as dads, we're like, I don't know about this. You know, it's like they're kind of force feeding this, you know, I don't know. And it's not necessarily that it's bad. It's just big. It definitely is big. I mean, and we definitely, you know, make money. But I think the cool thing is, is like when we make that money, we then turn it into like Star Wars land, which like people are so stoked about, you know, like (laughs) I can't wait to go to Star Wars land. I don't know what it's going to look like, but I'm pretty excited about it. I say all this and I I have a friend who works at Disneyland who got my wife and I and my kids in Mm -hmm. um, with a guest pass and got us to the front of line to meet. Anna and Elsa from Frozen, so I <laughs> really can't hate on Disney. I was gonna say, what are you upset about? That's at all because my kids were so happy, and <laughs> anything that makes, makes my kids happy makes me happy. I'm just like, well, that's the problem, right? Because then all of a sudden you're just handing your kids Disney merchandise because like this makes them happy, <laughs> this makes them happy. Take take the Mickey and it Mouse. makes people that work at Disney happy because they get jobs. See, everyone's happy. In order to save myself about ten grand, I need to get those pajamas and burn them. (laughs) They never know where they will know that Disneyland exists, and they will resent you for never taking them. Let's say you did burn the pajamas. What is the other option that you're going to do outside of Disney? Right, Uh, the competitors (laughs) wear the minion pajamas. Thomas the Train (laughs) is harder to get to because it's in the UK. See, so you have to spend more money to get there. Sorry, Sawyer. It's in the UK, another country. Daddy's Thomas poor. the Train is the worst, the worst show. No, okay. Television. So this is my thing. So you have you have Disneyland, and that's a whole other beast. That's actually like a place. But then you have Disney, the corporation. You represented Disneyland or Disney in general? What? Disneyland. Okay, and so not Disney what? World. Not Disney World. There's there's other ambassadors there. Oh, okay. Yeah, give us, give our listeners just some ideas of like what you did, what it looked like on a daily basis, and like how it changed your opinion of Disneyland as a whole, or even, or even Disney. Yeah. Well, I mean, I'm sorry. You guys are talking to a girl who just loves Disney, so you're gonna hear a lot of amazing things right now. But you know, like some of the things I did was um, I would go to children's hospitals with Mickey and Minnie, and we would go and hang out with kids who are sick and uh, just try and brighten their day and their families. And uh, some of those moments were legitimately some of my most favorite times of my entire year. Um, We would do some cool things like uh, I got to go give um, one of our cast members a check because her house had burned down. And so we have like a cast community fund where we help other people. And so we just wanted to help her out. So I got to do that. 
Um, I got to do like random cool things like hang out with the Jonas Brothers for a day or Julie Andrews for a day. Um, you know, I did all kinds of things. I was on the news. Every time we opened a ride or anything, I would just talk to the news about it. So That's awesome. Yeah, I did all kinds of stuff. Just all kinds of Gotcha. Things. Gotcha. That was your gotcha question. <laughs> yeah. Okay. So I'm coming around. Maybe Disneyland isn't so bad after all. You haven't been to Disneyland with your kids yet, Nate? Not with my kids, but Liz has taken me like a hundred times. So <laughs> yeah. I, I remember one time I did knock on Club 33's door and they opened up and then they were like, clearly, <laughs> clearly I didn't look like a Backstreet Boy. So do you, do you also out. remember that I was sitting with you guys? I was just sitting with the Sherwood guys at House of Blues when I found out I was a finalist for Ambassador. Whoa. Oh, that was then. Yeah. At- at the Disneyland House of Blues. That's yeah, funny. We were just talking about how getting, how like, you know, we go around the country and we, because I was in a band too. We, I toured, my band toured with uh, Sherwood. But like whenever we played the House of Blues on in downtown Disney, whether it be Disney World or Disneyland, it was always like super secure, like yeah. super hard to get. And like we, they would always like look at us like, what are you doing? What kind of drugs <laughs> do you guys have? What shenanigans are you bringing? <laughs> And I guess you have to be thankful that they're that safe, you know. Yeah. As far well, as I'm thankful they're that safe. Yeah. For sure. So there's no way we can convince you to come to the other side that there might be some bad things about Disneyland or you're just all in 100%. I think she's just an optimistic, positive person, Nate, and she won't go down your rabbit hole of conspiracy. What about the 200 feral cats that eat rats that <laughs> run around Disneyland? What about that? That's amazing. <laughs> Like, that's nature, that's right? Nature, exactly. <laughs> okay, and, and another cool fact about Disneyland, because our last episode, or second last episode, was about, about Bigfoot. The abominable snowman is named Harold. Do you believe in abominable snowmans? Well, I'm telling you, after listening to your podcast. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, see that? We're, they're coming around. Oh. I'm coming around to love Disney. And- She's a believer, though. She's a believer. She's going to believe. To be honest, Matt, uh, Matt might be more right than you are, Nate, though. <laughs> Bummer. <laughs> Sorry, buddy. You believe in magic only to a certain extent. <laughs> I'm just thinking about this episode and I'm thinking to myself as my kids grow up and as your kids grow up is there a point when it's just too much? It's just too big? It's just all-encompassing? I mean, the Frozen thing was, like, beyond, like, an addiction for some of these girls. I mean, some of these girls are addicted to Frozen. That can't yeah, be Yeah, but you got you to gotta think that... Okay, so me coming me coming to Disney's defense here. Any kid that's, like, div, like displaying obsessive or compulsive behavior probably has other issues. It's not necessarily... Uh, the fault of the entertainment that they're obsessing and compulsing uh, around or over. A lot of kids have a very healthy balance. I, mean, I think my kids, they love Frozen and everything, but they don't like, they don't need it, you know? And like sometimes they'll be like, hey, you want to watch Frozen? They're like, no, you know, like it's okay. <laughs> they're normal. They, they, we make them go outside. They don't get to watch TV all day, you know? Like 
we make them do things. And I, I think having a balanced life is important for kids. And I think that uh, it does seem obsessive at some points, but then we have to remember that in the past this happened over and over again. Like, this is what happened with The Lion King. The Lion King came out and, like, it was, like, Lion King crazy, right. you know? And still to this day at the fireworks show, when yeah. The Lion King comes on, the crowd goes crazy every right. time. And it was, like, the number one grossing um, uh, Broadway production, too, for right. years. Right, so it's, it's still like, on tour. Yeah. Oh, come on. That can't be a good thing. Come no, on. No, man. It's Broadway, great. Broadway, like, Lion King. Come on. Yeah, apparently the sets are are awesome. I haven't gone because I, I don't have $250, but I would love to go see it. But that young writer who's like trying to get his script on a Broadway and the Lion King comes down and just... If it's good, it's good, Nate. Come it's on, got parental man. death. There's people creating it's got all, out there. It's got parental death, it's got exile, and it's got return. That's all the things <laughs> you need. You've got to have Broadway for children. There's got to be an option, <laughs> family-friendly option. I took a math class with a girl who was an ex-animator, and she said it's all—it's—it's it's a dude's industry, and it's full of sexually frustrated men, and that's why you have all these problems. So, <laughs> which which are the problems that she's speaking of? Oh, them trying to hide cryptic messages in the oh, film, much like that. I see. You know mm. what I'm talking about. It's like Disney employees are like glazed over. What are you talking about, Little Mermaid? Yeah, Li- Liz, knew. what's the official stance? Like, if you're on the news and like someone asks you about that, like, what do you say? What are you supposed to say? Uh, what's the question? And I'll tell you what I'm supposed to say. <laughs> there it is. That's what that's what she's supposed to do. She's supposed to rephrase the question. All I know is that Rafiki blew some dust and it spelled sex. That's all I know. Yeah, and, I, and the cover of My Little Mermaid had to be digitally changed because it was just too much. I, I will say there are uh, adult people drawing these things. <laughs> That's a really good answer. No wonder you were the spokesperson. <laughs> there are adult <Yeah>. people. <laughs> so what was the toughest question you were asked while you were the Disney ambassador? Um, people don't get too too rough. I think I was up in the dream suite above Pirates of the Caribbean and I was like talking about, you know, the, the place, you know, it's a, uh, sorry, it's an apartment over Pirates of the Caribbean. That's an exclusive apartment. And during my year as ambassador, you could all, the only way to get in was to win a night up there. And oh, so no. I was giving a TV station a tour of the suite and the reporter just randomly was like, so what was your biggest nightmare? And I literally was like, oh. I have no idea what to do right now. <laughs> Your biggest nightmare. Yeah, she wants to know what the what what my worst nightmare I ever had was. Like in your life, not like like, wait, like you go to sleep and you go to sleep and you have a nightmare, or or like a nightmare job situation. No, like just a nightmare. <laughs> like at said, night, I had this poison apple, <laughs> and I this crazy old lady wanted me to eat it. And... You should have said I, it was weird. I was doing this tour, and this reporter asked me this question. <laughs> <laughs> That's funny. <laughs> that, that was one. And then the other one was like a reporter got really like uh, she was sort of angry on air about famous people getting to go it through the exits of rides. Oh. And, you know, I was like, we have to keep our guests safe. And the best way to do that is to not have mobs showing up in the middle of, right. of right. the park. So it seems reasonable to me. Do you actually like It's a Small World song playing over and over again in your head? I mean... I could tell you a story if you want a story. Oh, we like stories because we're gonna edit, we're gonna edit all of our junk out and keep. Yeah, we're cutting everything out. we're saying out. Fantastic, because um, I love an hour of me. So um, 
I was, when I was the ambassador, I got to see Richard Sherman, who's like one of the Sherman brothers who wrote that song. And he was oh. talking about the process that he went through to, um, to write that. And so Walt told him, like, we need something that will encompass all of these kids from all of the countries. And so the first idea was they were just going to have um, the, the national anthem of every country as you went through the ride. And so wow. Walt did it, and it was just chaos and ridiculousness. <laughs> and so Walt <laughs> said, no, we're not doing that. So we need the Sherman Brothers to write us something. And, you know, the Sherman Brothers were just amazing. You know, they wrote a lot of the Mary Poppins. You know, they, knew, they wrote a lot of things you'll know. So he gets wow. them, and he says, we need you to write this song. And so Richard Sherman, you know, asked Walt, like, what's it about? And Walt said, the ride's about, like, children of the world coming together and, you know, creating peace because everybody comes together. And so Richard Sherman writes this lullaby. And so I apologize for my voice right now, but he sort of writes this song, like, there's a world of laughter, a world of peace. And it's like a slow beautiful song and so Walt says uh, perfect but now like speed it up and so I got to actually hear Richard Sherman do this so Richard Sherman sits down in his piano and he starts playing like this jazzy version of it it's like it's a world of laughter a world of peace and then Walt says great now make it sound like a music box and so that's the song that you know Whoa. So it's a little uh, magic box song that's actually like a very slow like prayer for peace. Oh. If you listen to it. So Walt well, that's produced cool. it. But, um, point, but sorry, he, my point in that story though was like when I go on Small World, the reason why it's not annoying to me is because it seems like a really heartfelt, very creative um, ride. It doesn't feel right. like these toys moving around, you know, and childish. It seems like this great concept of bringing yeah, people yeah. together. Well, and I think with Disney, too, and, and that's why, like, we, we, you know, it's easy for us to go, oh, they're the biggest and the, and, and the meanest and the whatever, and they're, you know, the most capitalistic, and that's why they're number one. No, Disney's number one yeah. because a lot of sincere people go into making really good art and entertainment. And... It, and it's and it just goes to show that if you get the most creative, sincere people who are trying to actually do good, that you come out, you have a good product. And people, weird, they love your product. It's not like we're buying. It's not like Disney's a boy band, and we're all watching these movies that are terrible because they're just thrown into our face. No, like right. we want to see the new Disney movie because it's going to be good. Yeah, it's always going to be good. It kind of sounds like Walt was like the good version of Steve Jobs. <laughs> <laughs> you know, I'm not going like, to lie. I think that they're very similar. I think they both uh, just had a dream beyond themselves. I think that they wouldn't let anything stop them. I think they, um, you know, they both were sort of on their deathbed, like still dreaming of the next thing for their company. Right. I just think they're very similar. That's crazy. So you think like behind every successful I don't know, big dream. There's some crazy, obsessive, compulsive, weird man <laughs> who's pulling strings. Uh, I mean, Nate, I, I don't you just trick me into tr saying that Walt was a crazy. <laughs> yes, <laughs> you were definitely trying to trick me. I'm not going to put words in your mouth, but like when you said he was an insane person. What I got my own was. magic. I got my own magic that I'm delivering. You know what I'm saying? I mean, I mean, everybody, everybody remembers people differently and everybody has good and bad, obviously yeah. mingled together. 
but at the end of the day when you you see a lot of people who have maybe abrasive personalities or sometimes they're you know i don't know bullheaded or or believe they're right those people go on to do a lot of great things and they have a place it's sort of an everything belongs type of thing Nate they have a place in society like without Steve Jobs I mean he was rude in a lot of ways but without him like the tech world would not be where it is you know like there's so many advancements but then you wonder is it like actually good for us like is us all staring at our phones a good thing for society no. And some in well, we no. were, we were talking about this. We were like, Nate, we need to do a tech addiction. Yes, absolutely. Uh, we did a media addiction. It's on our it's on our patron for our Patreons or our patrons only. We need but, to do uh, like five of them because it's such a huge topic. I mean, there I mean? are there are these hangups with things, and I, that's what I'm saying. That's what we're trying to say too, Liz, is that it's not all sugar plums and and rainbows and fairies and unicorns. At it's poison apples. It's <laughs> there is a human underbelly. I won't even say ugly. I'll say human because it's messy. It's got to be messy at times. And there's got to be like... But the thing is, it's like there's this presentation of like, this is perfect and everybody needs to believe it's perfect because if they, believe, if they don't believe it's perfect, we lose money. Is that there? Is there pressure like that there at all? It seems normal. Uh, I, I don't know. I feel like... Uh... There's pressure, Liz. You can't even pick up trash normally. You have to swoop and pick it up. <laughs> <laughs> what is that piece of information? <laughs> you have to swoop. Who swoops? You read it you online. To, you can't just pick it up. You have to like do a dance to pick up the trash. I've read it. It's online. <laughs> if it's online, it's true. Oh, come on. Tell me it's true. You know it's true. I will say that the princesses seem very sincere. And when they like when they meet your kids, I mean they they've got to be well trained or something or just really good at it naturally. They, they look you right in the eyes and they you know they speak to them like normal people, and you could just, you just know like you're dealing with the top shelf people here. But those people have to lose their minds occasionally, don't they? Like it's not perfect. I want to see a fight between Elsa and Anna where they're like <laughs> punching each other in the face. And I'll be like, yes, Disney, finally realistic <laughs> Disneyland. This is real. This is gritty. Soap opera Disneyland. <laughs> I have to come around and say, guys, I just realized something. Sherwood was named after Disney's Robin Hood. And I met my wife at Orlando House of Blues at Disney World. So, guys. Your whole life is because of Disney, Nate. <laughs> it's true. I've, I've officially, like, you, you can take yeah. shots at me now because I'm just a sitting target. Well, Nate was talking at the top of the show, Liz, about some he had to do some wedding at Disneyland and it, or Disney World. And he said it was really lame and pathetic. Have you ever seen a wedding at, the, at Disney? Um, I've seen, they do like a tiny little ceremony in front of the castle for the people who want to be in the park, but then the other ceremonies are done over by the Disneyland hotel and I'm not right, over right. there very much. Nate said he vividly remembers the groom, the groom dancing with Minnie and he, and the groom had a very, um, blank expression on his <laughs> face. <laughs> yeah, no, it was bad. It was real bad. Would you get married at Disneyland Orlando, Liz? Would you? No. Good. Why not? Thank you. You love Disney. Thank oh, you. we're seeing some cracks. We're seeing some cracks in this. There's a crack in the wall. <laughs> if I get married, I'm getting married like in a backyard of someone's house. I'm just not fancy. Right. <laughs> so. 
Nate, now come play your music. Yes. We'll jam out. Hey, I'm gonna hold you to it. You better be careful. You don't want to we'll ride in a pumpkin carriage. Come on. <laughs> I, I'm just, I'm just not fancy like that. I'm just right. not a fancy person. So. You work fancy, but then you party very casual. I, I, I don't. <laughs> sure. Yeah, we'll say that. I don't even know what that means. Well, I mean, like you worked at Disneyland, which is which is fancy, you know. Yeah. Or at least fantasy. Yeah. And. And my job, yeah, like my job as the ambassador was fancy, which was really, it was fun um, mm-hmm. for the time. But yeah, but in general, I just, you know, I like to wear sweats and. I will say that like all the 1970s Disney's cartoons are like r- spot on awesome. Like all the music, all the writing, like Disney's Robin Hood, Aristocats. Well, Winnie Robin Hood's er- got to be earlier than the 70s, isn't it? I think it's 72 or something. Man, I was looking at like Snow White, and that's in like the forties. They even had it on vinyl. The soundtrack, dudes, guys, it's 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 pretty. It's pretty Isn't good. it fascinating though that like technically Snow White wasn't made for children. Snow White was made as like an adult movie, right, for adults to enjoy, and that's why it's kind of scarier. It's weird that cartoons, just because something's drawn, it's for children. Right. It seems like that's we grew up with that. That was how it was when we were young. Yeah, but now not mm-hmm. a, not so much anymore. Not anymore. But I no. think all the original fairy tales are actually really creepy. Like, isn't like Hansel and Gretel like they bake the kids in cakes or something? Yeah. <laughs> like, like, I, I think those think... are the, the that's that's the original, you know, German, you know, fairy tale. That's that's what happens. There's always some threat of death. Well, well, there was some meme that went around that was like on Facebook or something like the original version of all these fairy tales are actually like really offensive. Like people would revolt today if they actually wrote them out the way they used to be told and stuff. Right, so right. maybe we're just overly sensitive now and we yeah, don't even our, our kids just have to have this rosy colored future or gotta they... give props to some of the like more recent Disney movies because like uh, have you guys seen Zootopia? Have you seen that? Yeah, yeah. See that's a that's all about racism and prejudice. And even and... even other things like mental health, like the things that happen to you as a child affect your adulthood and right. those concepts that are actually pretty hard and pretty right. um, complicated. They're explained to them as a child, <clears throat> which I think is pretty awesome. Well that's the thing. I think I think art art follows culture and you know the art of those you know like i was being very critical of cinderella as this sort of patriarchal you know sexist thing but it really was just reflecting the times and people i don't know what do you think about that do you think that it's sort of like is it our responsibility to preserve and maintain and i don't know like do you get do you have a dialogue with your kids about how cinderella is BS, there is no Prince Charming. <laughs> Why do you just let him enjoy it? <laughs> well, don't you think, though, that, like, that actually is the story for some people? Like, d- isn't it just good that we have every kind of story? Like, there are some women that, you know, they are kind and nice and work hard and then meet a great guy. And, I mean, obviously not, like, overnight, like, in Cinderella. Sure, but like I'm just thinking like happily ever after. Like I've been married for 11 years, and I know that you know I started dating my wife when I was 17, Mm -hmm. and we were just for you know that was it. Like we were just gonna be married, and that was it. And Mm -hmm. um, and we're very much in love, but is very much work. There is no happily ever after. You know, it's like we gotta work at this thing. Like I want some realistic. Like I, I I imagine that some people, you know grow up and they have this expectation or at least this picture this dream in their head of what it's supposed to be yeah. and this heroic man's going to come rescue them and it's going to be everything's going to be okay hey matt hey matt hey matt 
What? What about this dream? What about this dream? <laughs> you're gonna you're gonna grow up. You're gonna learn to play the guitar. You're gonna start a band, be a rock star. You're gonna play at Disneyland one day and meet the girl of your dreams. <laughs> That's a good hey. dream. Hey, yeah, it happened to me, right? Then you're gonna do, yeah. Then you're gonna do premarital counseling. Realize you have a lot that's not in common. Then you're gonna go back and talk about it, and, and then, then you're gonna <laughs> give birth to children who want to consume Disney products all the time. <laughs> uh, I think that's a good topic. Like I, but see, the thing is, is like. I guess the movie Cinderella, meeting him in a day is, you know, a fairy tale. But, you know, everybody does have their wedding day where they think everything's going to be great. And then it's, right. then you have to work hard. So What's about Cinderella 2? It's like where, like, he starts getting drunk too much and, like, comes home and, like, and, like is angry because, like, she didn't add up to be. He thought she was going to be, like, all about cooking and cleaning because that's what she was into. She's not anymore. Spinoffs of Disney's are all terrible. <laughs> Why is like Disney, like Lion King 2 is and Aladdin 2, they're always terrible. Why are they, what? why are the sequels so bad? There was a Lion King 2? There's always a Lion King 2. It's always like the, the knockoff version. <laughs> no. Yeah. Yeah. The DVD. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, but like, uh, but some are not. I mean, you got to give them like Toy Story three. Holy moly, that was yeah. That was, like, okay, the Toy Story yeah saga is just wonderful. Yeah, that's pretty great. That. I mean, I, I I mean, I know it's DreamWorks, but Shrek is also really good. I don't know who that is. Well, I was. <laughs> <laughs> We're the trolls. Come on, we gotta like Shrek. <laughs> that's funny. Even though you don't believe trolls exist, whatever. Cool man. <laughs> We uh yeah we got we got a lot to say but I I do think you have one of my favorite stories when you met Bono at Disneyland and I think you what? just have to tell us you met Bono so Bono's in the park but I didn't know Bono was in the park okay and people come and are like lookalikes all the time at Disneyland and so right. uh, I'm walking with my friend Leisha and we're walking through Disneyland and this guy's walking in front of us just fully dressed up like Bono like the boots and the glasses and everything. And so I say a little too loud, um, like, look at that guy who looks like Bono, like dressed up like Bono. And then I realize he has a plaid with him. And a plaid are those people who walk along with famous people or VIPs. Right. They wear a plaid vest and they have like a button that says, that's a D. And, Escort. Uh, and the plaids, you know, uh, so we see that he's walking with a plaid and like a really big bodyguard looking guy. And all of a sudden <laughs> we're like, Oh, that is Bono. And so he's probably, you know, like 20 feet away from us now. And this girl just comes like screaming, like in between me and Leisha. And she's like, oh, my God, Bono. Oh, my God. And then grabs him and starts to take a picture of him. And he actually takes the picture away or takes the camera away from her and like takes a selfie with it. And the whole time she's just screaming. Poor guy probably feels like a total piece of meat. Exactly. I feel awful for famous people i really do <laughs> like i was listening to your the, the podcast where you're talking about taylor swift and how like when you see her you would still get excited and i right. was like i'm just not like that that's not the girl that i am like i kind of <laughs> just don't like famous people and so if they just didn't exist i'd be a lot happier and so <laughs> i didn't really care that it was bono i just felt bad because i kind of had made fun right. of him. and so then i walked up to him and he just happened she just happened to run away at the exact same time that i got there and so he like looks at me and I said that was really nice of you and he's he very kindly says to me like oh thanks like it's nice of you not to ask 
you know, because he saw that I wasn't going to be like, right, yeah, you know. And so then um, we just kind of walk like two steps together. And then um, he says, hey, have a good day as he like walks away. And I go, you too. <laughs> like, guns, you know, yeah. he literally is like, oh, and yeah, like, I heard that. leaves. I've heard that for 30 that's years. That's pretty awesome. Straight. And I just I love it. He just loves me right now. He just yeah, that's like, loves me with everything. That's like yeah. Nate with like, I sure would like to see you guys. Oh, again. yeah. I do. Yeah, that's how it was. <laughs> you guys, I'm sorry. I do that to you guys sometimes on Facebook. I'm, I'm awful. I apologize. <laughs> well, that's yeah, awesome. I know. That's how it was. When I met Bono, I was like, you know, it was just one of these days where it was like, the sun was not out coming out, and I was just like, "Man, I wish the sun would come out." And he said, "Man, I sure would, too." <laughs> and it was just, it was amazing, guys. It was just amazing. <laughs> that's really funny. <laughs> but those, that's oh, a funny geez. story, just because, like, you know, bands and band guys, like Bono's it. That's the biggest you can get. So, only at Disneyland can you say "you too" to Bono. Well, there you have it. Let's sum it up. We've learned that. There is no ugly underbelly. Disney is perfect top to bottom. It's the happiest place on earth. It's yeah, the best yeah. place to spend. Except Mr. Toad's Wild Ride. Except that. Except that, but, you know, you don't have to go on it. It's a choice. The feral cats are wonderful. <laughs> the abominable snowman's named Harold. And is real. And he's, yes. he's, he's been updated, so get your, yes. uh, get your two-park pass. And Shrek is, is but... not a part of Disneyland. No, don't, don't. Shrek's not there. But you can go dressed as Shrek and say hi to some kids. I'm sure that'd be okay. Because Disneyland, they're not. They're nice. They'll let you do whatever you want. That's not true. <laughs> <laughs> no adults in costumes anymore. <laughs> Aww. Well, and there it is. That's the, that's the worst thing about Disneyland. There it is. <laughs> yeah. Well, if you're young and you have kids and you want to go to Disneyland. and you, I guess it's you know, okay. No, it's not. Find someone you know that works for Disneyland and sneak exactly. into the back door. Because you don't need that. You don't need to give your money to those people because they're going to take it. <laughs> so Anyways. expensive. Thank you, Liz, for uh, sharing with us your time. We really appreciate it. Hey, thanks for yeah. having me. All right, Wait, well, uh, you have to you have to say something very Disney to, to exit. You can't say just that. <laughs> oh, I do. You have to end on like a Disney quote, like you did with Bono. It's just how it's gonna have to work. I don't know if I uh, have any great Disney quotes for you. <laughs> Everyone out there, don't feed the trolls, and always let your conscience be your guide. Uh, Perfect. Come on. Beautiful. All, All right. right, sounds All good. Right. <laughs> <laughs> Bye. Thanks, Liz. Bye, Liz. Uh, appreciate All right. it. All right. Have a good one. All right. Bye.